To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by PB and Joey. Simple, honest, and delicious. Go to pbandjoey.com for more information. $35 or more gets you free shipping for this spring. That's pbandjoey.com for more information. pbandjoey.com. Hey everyone, here's a great way to support this website and make money for yourself. This is Robinhood, the app that makes investing easier and offers more ways to make your money work harder. Their goal, investing in financial markets more affordable, more intuitive, and more fun, no matter how much experience you have or don't have. Keep a broker in your back pocket. Everything you need to manage your assets and all available in a single app. Set up customized news and notifications to stay on top of your assets as casually or as relentlessly as you like. Controlling the flow of info is up to you. Have access to stocks, funds, options, cash management, and cryptocurrency. Make unlimited commission-free trades in stocks, funds, and options with Robinhood Financial. The same goes for buying and selling cryptocurrencies with Robinhood Crypto and zero commission fees. Also introducing cash management. Invest, spend, and earn all through your brokerage account. Secure a spot on the waitlist and reserve your card. Here's what I want you to do. Go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate and when you click on the referral banner and securely sign up either using your Android, Apple device, or desktop, you get a share of stock value between $3 and $150 after funding your account. That's all you got to do. You get a free stock. I get a free stock. We all win. Trading terms and conditions still apply. See Robinhood.com for more information. Once again, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate, click on the Robinhood referral banner, and claim your free stock. Robinhood, it's time to do money. And the Oscar goes to Parasite. Parasite has six Academy Award nominations and is the first film not in the English language to win Best Picture, winning four Oscars tonight. Konnichiwa! Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com, streaming live from the Spare Parts Studios. Happy Wednesday, everybody. I'm Jack the fuck up today! Uh, I got a whole bunch of stuff. First of all, I got a whole bunch of little tidbit stuff. Uh, probably be a quick in and out. Oh, Brie Larson, you fucking bitch. Streaming live from this. Ooh, Bradley Cooper. How's he doing? God, his face is so clean. How's he get that clean? Uh, but I am streaming live. Shout out to Jordan B. Peterson, who is uh, on the mend. Jordan B. Peterson, I don't have a picture of him up in the studio, but you know what? Like the Doomslayer right behind me, he is one of my idols. Um, he's uh, one of the reasons I wake up in the morning. He's one of the reasons I make my bed before I leave for the day. He's uh, he's one of my favorite philosophers of the modern era. And recently, this is why I preach health and wellness on a con- continuous basis, is the fact that he is trying to do everything right himself. He's had a fam. His family is full of... Uh, people that have autoimmune disorders. His daughter fought hip issues, rheumatoid arthritis issues. His wife was had a serious life-threatening, uh, I think, cancer situation. And let me sip my coffee, by the way. He, uh, what happened was, I mean, he was touring all over the world. 
If you don't know who he is, YouTube Jordan B. Peterson. He's he's amazing. He's an amazing individual. He was touring, and his wife came down with a serious uh, illness. And his wife, he adores his wife beyond something that I can't even comprehend. And she got sick, and he thought he was going to lose her, and he fell apart. And to, so to cope with everything that was going on, his doctor recommended that he take um, an, uh, an basically an anti-anxiety or an antidepressant medication, a benzodiazepine. A benzodiazepine is a very, very dangerous drug, in my opinion, based on the people that I've seen using it. It's not a good drug. I don't care how pretty or sparkly it is. It's a dangerous fucking drug. And they gave it to one of the greatest philosophers that I've, um, I've ever, be- I've ever uh, listened to, watched. And uh, it nearly killed him because he has an autoimmune disorder as well. He's on the carnivore diet because for the longest time his body was suffering due to his diet and the fact that, like his daughter... They tried everything, and eventually they ended up going full carnivore, and they were amazingly healthy. But you can be all you can be all stone and brick and concrete, man. But if that that little lady who's been by your side through all of it falls deathly ill, that can break a man's spirit. And a man who is very emotional, like Jordan, Doctor Jordan B. Peterson is, um, it shook him to the point where he needed something just to cope. But sadly, this stuff. Um, interrupted his autoimmune uh, issue and he had to be put in a medically induced coma for the long for a, a, for a short period of time and he's got neurological damage and everything like that but according to the update from his daughter his lovely daughter Michaela Peterson he is on the mend it's going to take him some it's going to take some time for him to get back to I guess some type of normalcy, but he will be back. I hope we'll be here. The next update apparently will be coming from him directly. Um, he also has a podcast too. You can subscribe to. I think you should. It's the Jordan B. Peterson podcast. He also just started a uh, new social media site called ThinkSpot, so you can go and check that out as well. You can also go and listen to the Joe Rogan Experience. Uh, Jordan B. Peterson has been on there four times, one of which he was actually alongside the great uh, Brett Weinstein. Who is um, a biologic? Is an Evo? What does he call it? Evolutionary biologist, formerly of the uh, shitty institute known as Evergreen State. But he's a fantastic uh, biologist. Uh, his wife as well, Heather Hying. I think it's Heather Hying. Correct me if I'm wrong. But Jordan will be back. You'll go and check him out on this podcast. He's an amazing individual, and uh, I just wanted to give a shout out to somebody who has put me in this position to uh, be the fool to come out here and just go live not knowing who my audience is, not knowing if it's ever going to grow, not knowing if I'm ever going to grow as an individual. And I wanted to just take a few minutes to say how much I appreciate him and the fact that he fought through something where I've had clients before that have been on antidepressants and it was doing the exact opposite of what it was supposed to help. And it, um, it could have killed one of my idols and thankfully didn't. And thankfully, his wife is on the, it has recovered as well, and his daughter is healthy as well. So I just want to say, you know, this podcast is a lot of silliness and fun and games at times, but there is some serious to some of the things that I put out there in, in the clips. And I take Jordan Peterson very seriously and the things that he says. These are things that we should remember, we should know to do every day, and yet we forget to do them on a minute-by-minute minute basis. I constantly say, what can you be doing at this very moment to better your situation? And it's what he preaches. And the things that he, there's a philosophical and a somewhat religious, a religious metaphors mixed with, you know, a philosophy that if you just follow it, you're going to be a better person 
at the outcome of that effort. So uh, thank you to Jordan. I'm, I'm glad you're on the mend, and I, I hope to maybe see you, uh, you know, in front of 3,000 people, maybe somewhere in Boston coming up soon. I'm sorry I f- missed you on the first catch, but hopefully you'll be well enough to do another tour, and I look forward to seeing you. So anyway, streaming live from the Spare Parts Studios. we got a whole bunch of... I'm surrounded by all kinds of shit right now. First of all, in the house is... Uh, okay, we'll go with the we'll go with the coffee first. We're gonna jump into some nutrition, and then we'll see whatever's left for a good uh, fifty minute to one hour show. Uh, Pete's coffee is, I think, San Francisco based. Uh, I'm drinking a house blend dark roast, which is uh, whole bean. I blended that. I want to try something different with the coffee this week, and a couple other things this week. I wanted to try and see if because a lot of times when people brew coffee, when they'll mix, when they'll uh, grind beans down, or they'll fuse beans with other things like vanilla flavoring or whatnot. Uh, I'm gonna try things like fusing it with certain oils. I'm gonna try fusing it with with, with uh, different salts. I'm going to try fusing it with different herbs and I'm going to try fusing it with different fruits or nuts. And right now I'm, since this is a, a strong, it's actually a very good roast. It's got a little bit of the uh, coffee that I had last week, the wide awake coffee, which I absolutely recommend. Go ahead and just look it up on Facebook. Wide awake coffee roasters. Really, really good. But pizza is your pretty much your standard uh, house blend coffee. And uh, you can make it heavier, you can make it lighter, depending upon your your palate. But I mixed in some mac, I blended down some macadamia nuts and some almonds into the actual into the actual grinds, and uh, let that sit in the French press. And right, I just wanted to see if I can get extra notes, just to try a couple of things to see if there's a way I can. I don't know. There's a, a different way of serving coffee. Now, I normally drink coffee black, completely black, with nothing in it in the morning, maybe with an exception of cinnamon or salt, because I tr- I tend to fast 12 to 14 hours per day. So, but for the afternoons, putting a little bit of fats or nuts or fruit or something like that into the coffee to maybe get a little more flavor or a different flavor profile is something I'm willing to try. And if I approve of it, I can report to you folks if it really is if there's really something to it, and you guys can give it a whirl. So right now I have a, a just a small blend of some macadamia nuts and um, and some almonds. And right now, as far as the f- flavor palette, I mostly just taste the peats, mm. which is not a bad thing. But maybe when I get down towards the bottom, or maybe if I have to. Um... Now here's the thing: uh, uh, some nuts, some nuts. Follow me on this one. Not too far. Some nuts have more oil, like, for example, peanuts have more oil. Almonds do not. Macadamia nuts, uh, I'm, I don't think as much as a peanut, but they do make a macadamia oil. And then there is, of course, uh, cashew. Cashew is a, is a very creamy, buttery uh, type of, you know, quote, nut per se. Uh, so I'm going to try those different profiles and report to you back uh, what I think. Maybe I'll try some. Maybe next week I'll try some some dried, um, either dried apples or I'll try some dried av not avocados, <laughs> avocado, avocado coffee, um, some dried what do you call them, apricots. So I'm gonna give that a whirl. Something to maybe make make your day a little bit brighter and a little more interesting. So, anyways, that's one thing to consider. Also, I was going to the grocery store to stock up on my daily meats. And when I was in, you can go and check out, was it week 73? It was um, Tales from the Border when I went to the border of Mexico and did a whole vlog, a fantastic 
uh, vlog when I was down there. And one thing I noticed when I was down in San Antonio, San Antonio, and I was also down there by the border of Mexico at a place called uh, Lajitas and Paso Lajitas, which are border towns on the, bo- on the border of Rio Grande, that they have a particular seltzer drink down there called Topo Chico. I've never heard of it, but apparently it's all the rage, well, or maybe it's just more of a staple when you're down there. For example, if you're in South Carolina, you eat grits, or you drink that shit, or uh, when you're in Texas, you drink, well, there's a shitty, there's a terrible soda down there called Big Red. It's awful for you, but it's down there. So, you know, every certain areas have certain staples. New Orleans, you got beignets. Uh, but this Topo Chico comes in a green bottle, also available in pink grapefruit, is actually quite good. Now, it's just a carbonated twist of lime. It's a carbonated mineral water with lime flavor. But unlike other seltzers that I've had, it still comes in a glass bottle, and, which, yeah. And it's actually quite good. And for somebody who is, the thing is, seltzer is fine on a diet or, a, you know, a, a nutritional lifestyle change, but also it's, I wouldn't overdo it. But when you're trying to uh, satiate when you're eat, you know, when you're dieting down, whether you're doing it for a show or you're just changing your overall nutrition, you know, you're trying to lose weight or whatever, trying to get that stomach full of something that it just isn't going to make you feel ugh is is challenging. And you can't just be pounding water and vinegar all the time. That's just that doesn't really work. However, vinegar does help in some ways, lowers your blood sugar level. But I found that with this Topo Chico. This, first of all, it tastes delightful. It's got the right amount of lime to it. You can add more if you want. Um, and then at that point, it basically just tastes like a Corona without the fucking alcohol. Um, and it also satiated my appetite. So I wasn't eating like a pig. But I was walking through the store and I was like, holy crap. It was in my store. It ma- somehow made its way up from southern Texas. Howdy, y'all. All the way up to here to uh, New England. And I was quite delighted. I mean, it sells for like five bucks for a fucking four pack, but I didn't care. I saw it. I wanted it. So it was, ref- I mean, I, I got the, I, I pounded two the night before. Also, if you uh, take Alpha Brain, Alpha Brain, you go to onnit.com and just look up uh, Alpha Brain, which is a nootropic uh, mental enhancement that I always take. They also have the instant packets, and the instant packets by Onnit are disgusting. They taste like shit. However, if you take that packet and you mix and you dump that packet into this Topo Chico, it's awesome. So you get the pluses of all these supplemental benefits for your brain of the of the alpha mixed in with the delightful bubbliness of the Topo Chico. And that that is fantastic. So cheers to Topo Chico uh, for making it how somehow making it up north uh, to my neck of the wintry woods. Anyways, we are at, what is it, 13 minutes? So that's the blah, blah, blah. So, okay, so let's keep going on the nutritional stuff. So we talked about the coffee, the things I'm planning to do with that. We talked about the Topo Chico and how it made its way up north. And I also wanted to, okay, I just wanted to get an idea. Guys, girls, non-binaries, <laughs> is that a real thing? I don't think so. Anyways, mm. the uh, fact that we are trying to, at least I am, if I'm going to, I, I try to walk the walk with my nutrition. Um, talking, it's another story because it, it all depends on your willingness to do what is necessary in order to achieve that because you have to make certain sacrifices. And that one of those sacrifices is being will, willing to not eat like a t- complete piece of shit. But we all have little hankerings for certain things. 
So I'm going to once again try to experiment with those things that are that when you see them, you almost can't help yourself but not have one or two or 12. Um, so I obviously, you don't have to have whey protein as part of your diet. Whey protein is just a standard uh, stock powder that you can buy from the store. You can order it online from like myprotein.com. Uh, a whole bunch of companies make them. Now, whey protein in itself, um, guys digest it pretty well. It satiates our appetite because it expands our stomachs and we don't and we're not as hungry. For ladies though, for the ladies, whey protein doesn't really uh it doesn't really treat them all that well digestive wise. So what they do is they go ahead and they buy something called an isolate. An isolate digests faster, it's easier on their stomachs. Um, because ladies have to deal with bloating at least once a month already due to, uh, you know, cycles. So we shouldn't have to torture them again with fucking milk proteins that makes them feel all blah. So why torture them like that for a second time when their body's already doing it to them once a month? So the idea is if for this recipe or this recipe for this method, I'm going to give this a shot. It's about, it's from Eat Well with Sari, but I think with everybody, every, every company or magazine or whatever has tried to do this. Every magazine has, has tried to do this at least once or twice or posted some type of recipe for it. So I'm going to try to break it down the best I can, see if we can do it. And this is about, it's called Fudgy Protein Avocado Brownies. And I'll try to look through the ingredients and see how this can be done. Now I'm going to go down just to the ingredients for sample. For example, here's some of the things that they recommend doing. So I'm going to try to report on this. Like I'm going to try to make it and see if there's, some, if there's some validity to it and if it would fit the profile of actually eating properly. Because if you're on like a high fat or a, a paleo or some type of pro, uh, diet that doesn't necessarily uh, allow for a lot of starch-based or you know glucose-triggering carbohydrates, let's put it that way, then we need to be really careful here about what we do. So here's what the, here's what the, re- the ingredients state here, and then we'll see if we can alter it and not lose flavor. Mm. Speaking of flavor. Okay. The 1.9. What is that? Holy shit. Okay. All right. Uh, I just got a report from a buddy of mine who's working on the... Uh, fuck. He's reporting on his keto numbers, and he, he just, he just... His blood number was a 1.9, which I actually think is pretty good. But I'll check again later. Anyways, let's get to this recipe. One large, very ripe avocado. So you get the, not the Haas avocado, but the Florida ones, which are like triple the size. It says a half a cup of pure maple syrup. That we're going to have to cut out. A half a cup of unsweetened applesauce. Uh, three eggs. One tablespoon of pure vanilla extract. We'll keep in. Half a cup of almond flour, which I think we'll switch to coconut flour. A half a cup of Dutch pressed cocoa powder. We'll have to look into that and see if we can find a less carby cocoa powder, which I think we can. One scoop of chocolate protein powder. That is one we can do. There's all kinds of really, really delicious protein powders. Dimatize makes really tasty protein powders. Um, and then I believe, um, not on it. There's a bunch of companies out there that make really good protein powders. And try to find the, find the ones with the least amount of ingredients, you know, that have no corn syrup, no extracts, no spiking, no amino spiking, just a good solid protein powder that's super chocolatey because that will be your flavor base. Then it says one tablespoon of baking soda, some salt, and then a half a cup of dairy-free chocolate chips. Okay. 
So for the dairy-free chocolate chips, I think we can go ahead and supplement that half a cup of dairy-free chocolate chips with high percentage dark chocolate. Uh, if we do high percentage dark chocolate, there's far less, far less sugar, okay? And you'll still get some of that. With the mixture of the cocoa powder uh, in the high, and when I talk about high, uh, I'm talking like 80 to 90% dark chocolate. Very bitter. But when you mix it with the cocoa powder and the chocolate protein powder, I think you're going to be fine. And then the tablespoon of baking soda, that's fine. That's good for you. The salt, perfect. Everybody needs salt. Almond flour, half a cup of that. We're going to have to see if we can experiment with uh, coconut flakes and see if, because almond flour is still, almond flour is now, what you're doing when you're doing almond flour, you're taking an almond, and by taking an almond and crushing it up, almonds have carbs in them. All nuts have carbs. And if you eat too many, any of them, you're going to spike your glucose levels. So you have to be careful. And when you process it down to a flour, it's now concentrated. That's the thing. It's concentrated. Just like peanut butter. Same thing. It's now concentrated. It's a concentrated amount of carbohydrates. It will spark your glucose. But if you do coconut flakes, coconut flakes is mostly just fats. So I, yeah, mostly just fats. So I think that will be the route to go. And we'll have to, we'll have to experiment to that, experiment with that to see if it proves true. One tablespoon, teaspoon or tablespoon? Teaspoon of pure vanilla extract. That's fine. That's just alcohols. Eggs, three eggs, no problems whatsoever. Half a cup of unsweetened applesauce and half a cup of pure maple syrup. We are probably going to have to ditch both of those, sadly. And then the one very large ripe avocado. And then it states from there. So we got to preheat the oven, blah, blah, blah. We got to mash the ripe avocado very well. Made potato masser. Okay, so we mash the shit out of it. Get out all the chunks. Mix the wet ingredients. So mix the wet ingredients with a hand mixer, and then mix in the dry ingredients after. And then spray a brownie tin, and then take the brownie tin, blah, blah, blah. I use one of the individual brownies. Okay, good for you. A regular pan will also work. Okay, you might have to bake for another 5 to 10 minutes if you use a regular pan. Bake for 20 minutes. Add time if you use a regular brownie tin instead of the individual ones. Let cool for 10 minutes. And that's pretty much that. So the what these brownies look like, they look very fudgy. They don't look like they have a very... Brownies, first of all, they're not supposed to be very cake-like. They shouldn't be light and fluffy. They should be rich and chocolatey and fudgy. And the idea of mixing... So we're, if we're taking out the unsweetened applesauce, there's there, you're losing water there. And you're taking out the maple syrup, you're taking out some of the stickiness. So there now you've lost a lot of water. So these things are going to end up dry somehow. So we have to figure out what we're going to supplement. And it's only a half a cup of applesauce. But it is going to make a, a significant difference. We do not want to dry out the. Uh, we do not want to dry out because protein powder. When you bake protein powder, it's hard as a friggin' rock. So we have to make sure that uh, if we are going to do this, we have to figure out a way to. It's a good question. I wonder if instead of applesauce, we can use some type of butter or some type of yogurt or something to that effect. So we'll have to check and see how little, how little. Uh, sugar we can put in here and that most of the sugar should just be coming from the chocolate chips and the protein powder protein powder especially if it's isolate and we'll try to use isolate a really good isolate and i know dimatize iso 100 is a protein powder that i used to take back when i was competing that was a delicious one that's one i would recommend so we can use that for additional chocolate flavoring and then maybe a little stevia on top of that. Not too much, though. But that half a cup of applesauce, the unsweetened is the kicker. So we'll have to figure that out. 
or use something else. But in the meantime, and no fake sugars or anything like that. But I think we can pull it off. And you know what would be a good idea? If we are going to be making brownies, we should be mixing in some additional fats as well. Something to something for the all the everything else to uh, stick to. So I'm thinking a good idea is a pure fat like a walnut. So if we crush walnuts and put this in the mix as well, I think that'd be a really good idea. So then you're just gonna take all this. You're gonna follow these ingredients and bake it for. It's gonna be in 350 degrees and do it for 20 minutes. I should post it on my. Um, I should post it on my Instagram or I should post it on some on my Facebook. Yeah, anyways, on my Facebook. You can go to go to facebook.com slash POS sarcasm. You can go to youtube.com, look up Positive Sarcasm Podcast, subscribe, hit the bell to turn on notifications as well for any upcoming hot content. But uh, yeah, I should probably post that on the page like we talk, and uh, that'd probably be a good idea. You know, the more you know. Anyways. Mm. So I'm going to make a reminder to grab these ingredients, do a little experimenting in the kitchen, and then come back to you with some results. And if it's good... Cool. I used to do a ton of this. This is how I came up with PB and Joey. You know, you just get down there and get in that lab and just start mixing shit together and see what works and what doesn't. So that is enough for nutrition. We were at 23 minutes. Um, let's see. Proof the table. We did proof that cable TV is dying last week. We let's see. I want to. Okay, there's a few articles that I did want to go over. We did muscle cars on Sunday. We'll do that again. Uh, we'll we'll jump into that later. Oh, uh, I saw this article on the Insider, Insider.com, and it's uh, from Anita Constantinidis. I think I got it. Constantinidis, Constantinidis. Uh, Sixteen dog breeds that have never won the Westminster Dog Show. So I wanted to go through them because we all love our dogs. We all think our dogs are perfect, or but well, not all of us. There are some pretty stupid dogs out there, but we love them all the same. And I'm just curious what dogs they were that have never won the Westminster Dog Show. And I'm just not sure. It probably has something to do with instructions, cleanliness. It just such a, it's got to be, I have to be honest with you. I think the Westminster Dog, all these dog shows, they have to be as corrupt or as busted as the uh, fitness shows that I used to do. I don't see, it's a pageantry, so it's subjective. So there's got to be some politicking and bureaucracy and all other bullshit. So I'm curious to know if, you know, like a Rottweiler is never won or something like that. Uh, okay. So some of the most beloved dog breeds in America have never won the Westminster Dog Show. And we'll, those are the bullet points. Let's actually read the thingy. If you look at the list of breeds who have taken home the top prize of the Westminster uh, Kennel Club Dog Show, those three are nowhere to be found. In fact, a number of beloved breeds have never won the coveted Best in Show ribbon during the prestigious com competition's 143-year history. I didn't know there's that many dog breeds. So on the heels of our upcoming Westminster Dog Show on February 10th, which just passed, uh, Insider has rounded up 16 dog breeds who have never come out on top. And many of us presume. Okay. Mm. Labrador Retriever. Labrador Retrievers have been the most popular dog breed in America for more than a quarter century. And they're a very big rescue dog. A lot of rescue dogs are based on Labradors. Um, they're easy to mold. They're very family friendly. They live a long time. And they're just big dogs. Uh, Labrador Retrievers have been the most popular dog breed in America for more than a quarter century, according to the American Kennel Club. And while labs have often received some of the biggest cheers at Madison Square Garden, where the show is held every year, Manhattan, They've never taken home best in show. Well, they're not the prettiest dogs. That's the problem. They're not. The, they're never really the prettiest dogs. They're the, some of the most lovable dogs, 
most friendly dogs, especially with newborn babies. But uh, huskies are too. But they just, I don't know, maybe it's just something about them. You can't really get creative with a Labrador, even though I think they're awesome. Many have tried to, tried to understand why Labradors can't catch a break. Some believe they aren't extravagant enough, which I just stated. Others think their lovable, per, lovable personality gets in the way. Also true. There aren't, quote, there aren't a lot of Labradors that give me goosebumps, but I think it's an acquired taste. Shut up. Uh, number two, Golden Retrievers. This one is so sad. I don't know why Golden Retrievers have never, they're like the greatest dog ever. I can't, I mean, I love Dachshunds. I love Cocker Spaniels. I have a huge love for Cocker Spaniels. Uh, I've had several uh, in my in my home. I've had, I had uh, Skipper, who died uh, prematurely due to cancer. We had Snickers. Snickers was the shit. Snickers was the best. He lived for 16 or 17 years. He was such a great, he was kind of cocky, but he never growled, never growled, never bit anybody. He was just, I loved that dog. He was so great to just, I, I cannot tell you how great as a picture of him actually on my, um, on my microphone with my dad, with my late dad. And it was the day he came home. Um, and, um, he, he had this little tiny, he had this little tiny, uh, dog in his hand and that was Snickers. Uh, I'm showing him to the, on the live stream, but he was just, he was a tiny little thing. And my dad being all, you know, macho cop from New York city, he had this little tiny Cocker Spaniel in his hands and, and we just, we couldn't help it. I, I was, we went to the, uh, like any dog, the best way to really pick out a dog is if you go into a breeder, the best way to pick one out is you just go there and you look at the, you look at the group of dogs and whichever one comes up to you, that's the one you take home. You want that curious one that kind of smells you or sees you from far away. That's the one you bring home and comes up to you and kind of greets you. That's the one you want. That's the one you want. That's definitely the one you want. Snickers did that and we took him home and he shit on the carpet as soon as we got home. But he was great. So Cocker Spaniels all day. And then uh, after he uh, left, uh, didn't leave Polly, she died. Uh, we had, my mother's got two of them and she fuck, I don't know what she's eating them. I don't know if she's feeding them, if they're getting into the cupboards and eating all of her weed brownies, but Jesus Christ, these roly poly fat fucks are eating all the Cheerios. Because they got fat. One of them's Molly, and that one's Maggie May. Some you know Southern state names. Uh, Molly's a cute little button head. Uh, she runs really fast. She's tiny, little uh, you know, little, little black little cocker. And then Maggie May is this fucking fat <laughs> cow cocker. But they're sweet dogs. Uh, but goldens, I've had goldens in my life. I had uh, my first dog was a dog named Jenny. We had two of them. But the first one, I um, that dog was by my side from birth, basically. So uh, I just one of the most loyal dogs, most friendly and greetable dogs. Very protective, much more protective than Labradors. Um, but they are the family dog, and they live a long time too. So Golden Retrievers uh, are the third most popular dog breed in the U.S. according to the AKC, and yet they've never been named Best in Show. Since they began competing in Westminster in 1928, they've been only everyone best group best of group once in 2006 if you've had a popular popularity contest we would win uh we've had everything in the world going for us except westminster and i think we're okay with that yeah it's fine fuck it i mean the fact is is there's such a beautiful dog joe rogan has a a his his dog is marshall 
and he it's a golden retriever and he says he's one of the greatest and happiest dogs ever so um he even comes in and greets guests uh the next dog is like the one i just mentioned dachshunds the fact that dachshunds okay we're talking about you know family dogs and other things of that nature the, and you know the foofy dogs and, and the interesting looking dogs are generally the ones like terriers and stuff. They're the ones that win the Westminster Dog Show. The fact that a dachshund has never won the Westminster Dog Show is a fucking crime. Okay, it's an absolute crime. What I mean, just absolute corruption at the highest levels. Um, this one says it says a pint-sized sausage. They're the little sausage dogs. They're the ones that have the really the really long. And if they if you don't get the ramp for them for them when they run up the couch, they end up with a bad back over time. But the 12th most popular dog breed in America, they have won best of group at Westminster 11 times, but they've never taken home best in show. Many believe that dachshunds have struggled in the competition because of their small size. That's bullshit. They get there in all, they come in all different sizes too. Quote, I think one of the reasons some breeds don't make it in the end is that they are just, they aren't glamour breeds who are so flashy in the group. My vice president of the Dachshund Club of America. Dachshunds compete many larger breeds in the hound group that are simply more impressive. How can a dachshund... Dachshunds are adorable. They got those big, stupid eyes. They have, the, they have this dark, canine-y look to them, but they got these big eyes that just... They wake you up in the morning. They're just It's absolutely hysterically gorgeous. I don't know why they haven't won. Now, this next one, I can totally understand why they haven't won. They're fucking ugly. Uh, not pugs, but uh, the, the second most ugly... French Bulldogs. They, why Bulldogs have taken best in the show twice in 1913 and 1955, the smaller Frenchie has, ha, hasn't had much luck. French Bulldogs, which are the fourth most popular breed in the U.S., have been exhibited at Westminster since 1897. They've only been best at group once back in 2010. Frenchies compete in the non-sporting group where they face stiff competition from the standard poodle, those goddamn poodles, uh, which have won best in show four times. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Rottweilers. That's an aggressive looking dog, but they are pr- very protective. They're big. Um, they can be very loving. Uh, and they actually are designed to take instructions. Definitely can be designed to take instructions, but they are a lot to handle for sure. Um, I know I have a, um, an old acquaintance, uh, girl I used to compete with. And she's a Rottweiler trainer, and she does all the competing and stuff. And she's got like three or four of them, and they vary in uh, in personality. But I like them all. I like them all. I don't care. The dog is a dog to me. It doesn't really matter. But Rottweilers may be the eighth most popular dog breed in America. They have little luck at the Westminster Dog Show. The breed for known for being the most loyal guard for being loyal guardians have only won best group once back in 06. They often lose out in the working group to the boxer. And the Doberman Pinscher breeds, which have each taken best in show four times. A Pinscher has? That'd be pretty sweet. Doberman Pinschers are something else. They're an aggressive-looking dog, but they're very petite in their aerodynamics. All right, what else? Great Dane. Also a, a, a goddamn shame. Mm. I don't know why they haven't won. Great Danes are awesome. They're just awesome. They're huge. They're uh they're timid they just and they're just they're cool they're just cool dogs absolutely cool dogs um they're called the apollo of dogs but great danes have a harder time winning over the hearts of westminster judges majestic breed ranks 16th in popularity because i don't think they live that long have been shown at the westminster dog show since 
1887, but Great Danes have only won best of group five times, the latest being all the way back in 1983. That's when I was born. Okay, the Corgi. Uh, Corgis I've had mixed pasts with. Sometimes they can get really aggressive and angry, and they like to bite. So, but they're an interesting dog. They're big, wob- they're, they're like fat dachshunds, basically. The Pembroke Welsh Corgi can count Queen Elizabeth II among its fans. Westminster, not so much. These adorable pups have managed to win best of group seven, seven times, but it hasn't been enough to make, make them take the top spot. Nah, they're cute, but I'm, I really wouldn't care about them. This one, I don't know why it hasn't. The miniature schnauzer. I like dogs. Can you tell I like dogs? I like dogs. Dogs are great. I love dogs. Uh, among three of the schnauzers, miniature schnauzers, the most popular by a mile, 19th spot for AKC ranking, giant schnauzer, 78th. Yet only one schnauzer has won. The standard schnauzer has only won best in show in Westminster back in 97. The miniature schnauzer has won best of group once all the way back in 1947. Chihuahua. Well, that's obvious. They're fucking ugly. They're smart. They're annoying. They're easy to step on and kill. They're, they're never going to win. Yeah. The Chihuahua. I don't know who decided to make them. The Shih Tzu. I think the Shih Tzu is like that. This Shih Tzu looks like um like a like a like a cut like a, a Shih Tzu looks like a cone of ice cream after it's already started to melt in like a hundred degree heat. It's just this big long brushing of the hair, and it I think it's way too poofy, way too poofy. The Shih Tzu may have noble roots, but the adorable toy dog has yet to take the crown at Westminster. Ranked 20th in the AKC, Shih Tzu's managed to win best of group five times since competing back in 1969, but the Grand Prix prize, Grand Prix, has evaded the playful pup, often losing out to the Pekingese, which has won the best show four times, and the Toy Poodle, which has won twice. That's too bad. Australian Shepherd. I was just working with a canine training center in Barnstead, and I just saw one of these Australian Shepherds go fucking madhouse on a obstacle course. These dogs do not play around at all. These things are these things are awesome. If you want a high energy dog, uh, an instruction dog, Australian Shepherds are the shit. They got those white eyes with the tiny with the tiny black irises. They're awesome. They've got they've got a very partic- particular look. But as far as fifteenth most popular dog in the U.S., they've struggled to find uh, popularity at the Westminster. Aussies, their nickname, received some spotlights since they debuted in the competition in 94. Took best group in 08, showing it may have more luck in the future. Aw, this one's adorable. The Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. These things are the sweetest looking dogs. Uh, basically, a, a, it is a Spaniel, like a Cocker Spaniel type. It's got those big ears, which they get infected on the inside, so you have to clean them out a lot. But they, they, they've just got a very butterscotch sweet look to them. The Cavalier King Charles Spaniel, among the top 20 most popular dogs breeds in America, number 18, never won best in show or even best group. Beautiful breed has been competing at Westminster since 97, so time will tell if we'll make a splash. Why hasn't a Cocker Spaniel won the Westminster Dog Show? I think that's an absolute crime. The Cocker Spaniels are one of the most versatile-looking uh, dogs that you could really, I mean, there's so many different, co- they come in so many different colors, they have different sizes, they have different moods. I mean, you can... You can you can trim them down like a poodle. You can make them nice and fluffy. I mean, they are they're like '80s hair. It's just you could just blow them right up and make them look like Blondie, or or you can make them look like Bonnie Tyler. So it's a shame that with a dog that that's versatile in its design, you can't. It's never broken through in one. Shetland Sheepdogs. That's a cool looking dog. Whoo! 
Check that out. Shetland, Shetland Sheepdog and OEB for extremely intelligent, yet their wits haven't swayed the judges at Westminster. 25th spot on AKC's popularity ranking. Come close to the top spot. Shetland Sheepdogs is the best group. Blah, 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 blah. Best of group five times. Never won, though. Boston Terrier. Ah, ah, that's what they sound like to me. Ah, that's what a Boston Terrier is. Um, they just, meh. They're just not interesting to look at. They just look, they look like an apartment dog. That's pretty much it. Dalmatians. Dalmatians, I generally, when I meet them, they're aggressive. Dalmatians generally just seem aggressive when I meet them. Uh, pretty dogs, don't get me wrong, but I think the spots just haven't been enough. Well, it says here, the breed spot hasn't, the breed spotted coat hasn't been enough to catch the eye of the Westminster judges. That's too bad. Mastiff. Mad Tibetan Mastiff, described by AC, massive heavy bone dog, docile, rousing. That's an interesting one. So that was pretty much that was pretty much it on that. The West, but the Mastiff. Some of these dogs, just you look at them and you go, it's just not interesting. They're really just not interesting to look at. Like the Boston Terrier and the Mastiff don't do anything for me. The Labrador, as much as I love the Labrador, now there are some Mastiffs which I think are awesome. They're just huge dogs that are super lovable. But some of these dogs just aren't interesting enough for me to consider it even be voting for them. But a Labrador, I would take all day long as a house dog. Same thing with the Golden Retriever. Any type of Spaniel, any type of Dachshund, all day long. Uh, husky, a little too much, sheds way too much, too much energy for me to deal with unless I was really living out there in the middle of nowhere. So that was that on the dog breeds. We are at 39 minutes. I did want to mention, uh, do I want to mention that? Or do we want to just get right to the Q&A? I think maybe we should just get right to the Q&A, make this like a 50-minute podcast. Let's get right after it. We got some interesting ones here. All right. So this is the dig Q&A. Oh, by the way, uh, so yeah, if you want to support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Also, you can go to uh, you can go to the, the donates. Just click on the contact page there of Positive Sarcasm. And if you want to get a free stock, you can go there and just use the Robin Hood, do the banner. Click on the banner. You'll get a free stock. I'll get a free stock. You can sell it. Make a quick few bucks for yourself. Or you can start getting into, uh, you know, doing stocks and buying shares. You know, they're, they're, your your livelihood is getting traded on the stock market every single day. You know it's important that you learn about it and see how you can participate in making building a future for yourself. Did you know if you had twenty five thousand dollars, you can day trade on the stock market, and if you don't, you can trade, you can buy and sell every other day on the stock market. Actually, you can buy every day on the market. That's the thing. You can buy any day you want on the stock market. It's just that stock you can't sell to the next day. Okay, the next business day of trading. So you can learn for free how to buy and sell stocks, okay? And then you can make money every single week, a lot of money on the stock market with not a lot of cash to begin with. You just got to read and you got to learn patterns. And if you do that and you stay patient, you learn how not to chase or follow the dumb money, you can actually just start making cash. And then eventually maybe you can save up and just become a day trader or invest long-term in something. There are a lot of companies out there like Ford or gold companies, companies that mine for gold, that have something called dividend payouts. Dividend payouts allow you to just leave your money in that stock and then quarterly or yearly, they will pay out to their shareholders a dividend for saying, basically saying, hey, thanks for sticking with us, here's a little extra. And the more the, the, more the stock goes up or whatever, then you get a substantial premium every year or every quarter. 
So that's something to think about. And I'm going to start doing, uh, I'm going to throw out like three or, you know, like two or three stocks, like every, uh, every weekday pod, every Wednesday podcast, just letting you know that here's three to look at, you know, and I'll name them, I'll give you the stock symbols for them. Just go and check them out and read up on them. Cause I want to, I think it's important that everybody start taking, uh, taking charge of their own finances and taking charge of their own bank account instead of hoping, you know, waiting for that paycheck to get them get gas in the tank and food on their table. Stop waiting for your 401k. You're not going to get your 401k unless you either A, get fired, somebody dies, or you're 65 years old. Other than that, you can't touch your 401k. You can't at all. So it's best to just start making money yourself by investing in the stock market. And you can do that right through the Robinhood app. So I strongly suggest you look into it. Look into it. Anyways. Uh, we're going to get to the, we're going to finish up today with some dig Q and a, I'm going to finish this coffee too. And then I'm going to go do some work with the Mustang. Got to get the tires. I got to get the tires measured. Mm. Okay. Here's the first one for today. Dig.com Q and a, is it normal that my boss tapes people's mouths shut during meetings? I recently started my first real job in a small office, eight people. We have a strategy meeting every morning for 30 to 45 minutes. My boss is really intolerant of bad ideas. She keeps a tape dispenser on the table by her chair whenever someone suggests something that she really thinks is dumb. She will peel off a piece of masking tape and pass it to them, at which point they are required to put it over their mouth so they cannot contribute any more bad ideas for the rest of the meeting. Needless to say, the first time I saw this, I was shocked. But my coworkers don't seem bothered by it. Or maybe they just don't want to complain. I'm not sure. My boss can be kind of scary. My issue is with that enforcement of the rule seems arbitrary. It depends entirely on her mood. Some days no one will get taped, but other days if she is feeling particularly sour, most of us, if not everyone, will end up taped, and the meeting is just her dictating to us. Is this normal? I'm thinking not. But does that make inherently bad? Does that make it inherently bad? Or is there something I should do? Other than this idiosyncrasy, is it, it's mostly a great job, and she is, for the most part, a good boss. Well, is it normal? No. Would I do it? Probably not. Well, let me put it this way. If I was going to do the taping, uh, I would basically, I, if I was to go this boss's route, I wouldn't have them put it on their faces. I would just hand a piece of tape and put it in front of them, not have them put it on their faces. Okay, that's the, especially in today's climate, which I know sensitivity and political correctness and all that other bullshit, for the most part, you do have to be like, listen, if you're, if, if you're going to put out stupid comments, don't be in the meeting. Or number two, just, yeah, be quiet and ta start taking notes. I think people spend too much of their time uh, talking or shouting and not enough time learning. Sometimes it's important just to sit there and take in the information and then try to process it afterwards. Especially when you do all these, let's see, she says that she has meetings. We have strategy meetings every morning for 30 to 45 minutes. I don't know if that's a good idea. A strategy meeting 30 to 45 minutes, regardless of the job, to have a meeting every morning is, first of all, you're taking away from productivity when there's work to be done. I don't know if you necessarily, that's the problem, especially in corporate in the corporate life right now. Let's have a meeting to schedule future meetings. And then we're going to have a meeting from this meeting and split off into other meetings. Nothing gets done. This is this new, this is this stems from something I learned about from my buddy Bobby, something to do with Agile, where it's basically just, there's every little piece of a project that needs to be done uh, now can be split up to like two or three or four different people. But certain programs, certain projects or certain job requirements, certain jobs 
are terrible with that. One person, if you're doing production work or doing programming work, it's much better to have one person just doing one thing. When Once they get into a rhythm, you can blast through a ton of work and then you can have somebody review it later. But this thing about having meetings every morning, first of all, that's a bad decision on the boss's part. And number two, the idea that we're it's just her. Okay, at the end of the day, there's a lot that this person could be doing differently. And I don't think it's in her best interest to be, you know, telling people to tape their mouths shut. Most people don't want to talk during meetings anyways. So you don't need to be putting tape in front of them. I don't I don't think that this uh, woman is all there. And, um, and if you like the job, fine, deal with it. I don't give a shit. It's your fucking job. You deal with it. Me personally, I don't know. Like I said, it's not my job. It's not my problem. But uh, yeah, there's something wrong with this lady. Okay, but nobody's perfect. I didn't. I thought I was gonna be more aggressive with that one, but apparently it doesn't bother me as much. <laughs> oh well. What was the next one I wanted to get to? Anniversary mushrooms. Ooh, yeah. Let's scroll down that one. Uh, should I tell my child? Nope. We're not gonna. We're actually anniversary mushrooms. Which one was that one? Jealous of her tax refund. Yes. Hell yes. We're doing that one. Okay. So this one. Should I tell my blah 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 blah? Is this the one? God, I thought this was the one I wanted. Yes, here we go. Was I a jerk for cooking my girlfriend an anniversary dinner containing mushrooms when I know she hates mushrooms? To preface this, I'd like to say that my girlfriend isn't a picky eater at all. She likes most of the food I cook for her as I'm the only as I'm the one who usually does the cooking since I love doing it. Good for you. One thing she doesn't like though is mushrooms. Okay. She picks it off of pizzas, pies, etc. She does order dishes. She does order dishes with mushrooms in them when we go out. However, she just picks the pieces off and says she likes the actual dish just without the mushrooms on it, which I think is ridiculous. Anyway, fast forward to last night. It's our anniversary, and I wanted to cook something extra special for dinner. I found a recipe for this chicken dish that sounds absolutely divine. Who uses divine? I don't even use divine. The problem is it has mushrooms in it. I doubted she would be able to taste them, though, because the recipe calls for the mushrooms to be run through a food processor, so the pieces would really be tiny. We sat down for a beautiful dinner I made. She asks what it what it is and if it has mushrooms in it because she can see bits and pieces. They were hardly visible as they were incorporated in the sauce. I told her that it did contain mushrooms, but she had to trust me that it'll taste amazing and that she'll hardly notice the mushrooms in the sauce. What's fucked up is she refuses to even taste it. I went through all that hard work and you can't even see the mushrooms. The pieces are so tiny. She got all upset and she said she wouldn't like it and asked to be excused. <laughs> oh, you in the doghouse, son. When I went after her, she yelled at me and that I didn't care about her when it's our anniversary. Now she isn't responding to any of my texts. Dude, what are you doing? Okay, I can understand pulling the wool over her when, you know, no, what you, dude, what you did, first of all, at the end of, all said and done, what you did was stupid. You tried to make her eat something which she absolutely cannot stand on your anniversary. That, you know, not your anniversary, our anniversary. And you took a day that she really does appreciate because women love the anniversary thing. And you decided to become selfish and surprise her with a dish with a flavor in it that she doesn't want in it. You could try and talk to her about uh, any other day. Any other day, you could have done this and you probably wouldn't have been okay or salvageable. 
but you went and did this on your anniversary. That is the worst, dude. I don't know what you were thinking. That was the dumbest idea. The dumbest. The the fact is what you should have... Okay, I could give you all kinds of suggestions of what you could have done, but the fact is, is what you did was stupid, okay? Mushrooms, do I love mushrooms? I think mushrooms are delightful. I think in certain cir- circumstances, they add a ton of flavor to a dish. They give it a very earthy, uh, they give it a very earthy tone to some of the foods that you're eating, and I think they're great. I love shiitake. I love plain white. I just love them. They're, they're, it's just another vegetable with some nutrients in it that you can throw in your soups, you can throw in your pastas. I think they're fantastic. But some people just don't like them. Some people are even allergic to them. But what you did was you took an anniversary dinner, which was just that one. You should have just gone the easy route. You should have just gone the easy route and called it a day. And then you would have been good. But then you decided to become all selfish and throw mushrooms in the mix. And now she's not even responding to your text. You fucked up, dude. And quite frankly, I think there maybe may have been something else. I think there's something else in this whole universe of mushroomhood that you're not telling us. I think there's something else that's going on here that you're not revealing to us. And I think the mushrooms is just the uh, tip of the iceberg. So, dude, you fucked up. Yeah, you fucked up. Is she overreacting? Yeah, I think so. But did you fuck up? Yeah, I think you did. And you knew she was going to be pissed. And you did it anyways. Bro, it's on you. It's on you. So you screwed up, dude. So you need to make, you need to fix it or, well, I guess whatever. I guess go find somebody who likes mushrooms. Okay, next one. Uh, Tax refund and sister. All right, that's gonna, this is gonna be the last one for the day. Wow, this one's tiny. Okay. Can I tell my sister I'm jealous of her tax refund and suspect she's doing something illegal? My sister and I are open with each other. This year, we got a frightening tax bill, and I vented to her. She was sympathetic but didn't commiserate. I found this a little strange given what I know about her finances. It bugged me enough to ask her how much she owes, and she said she was getting a refund but wouldn't say how much. I was floored. I asked her for more details, including who she used for tax prep, and she refused to divulge them. I am jealous she is paying a lot less and is also concerned about whether she is doing something even legal. Can I bring this up to her again, and how do I do that? No, you can't. No, you can't. You can't bring it up at all. You can't. If she, there are some things you, if you ask somebody and they say, I don't want to talk about it or it's none of their business or whatever, then that's the end of it. Uh, Who you're voting for? None of your business. How much do you make? None of your business. Uh, Finances in general? None of your business. And if she is doing something illegal, that's none of your business too. Okay. If she's a fucking prostitute, none of your business. If she is claiming less tips because she works as a server, you know, or waitress or whatever, or a bartender, she's claiming less tips so she doesn't have to pay out as much, great. First of all, the government screws you any chance you they get. They take a ton of money out of, out of your pocket every single year and give it to people who don't deserve it. So if she wants to lie to the government, great. I'll lie to the government too. I'll lie to the government for her. And if she wants... Okay, the fact is is that the government was screwing me for several years due to the whole healthcare reform bullshit. So if she wants and if she wants to lie to the government to save a little extra cash and she can get away with it, fine. Let her do that. It's none of your business. The fact is uh it no. At the end of the day, I don't care if you guys are sharing or sharing rent or whatever. That's her finances, that's her taxes, and that's her business. So 
You have no right to bring it up any after at all. Now, the whole who she used for taxes is, is understandable. Hey, did you use TurboTax? Or did you use H&R Block? I'm a big H&R Block by, fan, by the way. Uh, their free online uh, tax prep, it was super easy. I'm literally, I was done in 20 minutes. But as far as uh, if she doesn't want to, um, if you can at least tell me who you're using, okay, that's one thing. But no, don't bring it up again. Don't, remember, fam, family, you don't want to necessarily uh, push those buttons. So I would just recommend to you to, uh, what was wrong with this? Yeah, I would recommend just not not bringing it up again. I think you can really start pushing buttons to the point where you and your sister are just going to stop talking. So just do yourself a favor and leave it alone. I mean, it bugged me enough. As far as sympathetic, yeah, she was paying out to the government. That sucks when you have to pay out to the government. So if she can get away with uh, paying a little less, you can just state to her, listen, whatever you're trying to do, it's none of my business. Just be careful on what you do. And then that's it. You're done. Don't bring it up again. We are at 55 minutes for the day, so pretty much an hour. Um, yeah, we're, we're pretty much done for the day. We had some other articles, but I'll get to them later. Uh, let's see. I wanted to get to – you can – oh, yeah. But let's see. Let's get uh, that stuff. I don't really care about any of that stuff. Let's uh, finish up for the day. Now, if you want to subscribe to my YouTube channels, you can go to Positive Sarcasm on YouTube. Uh, I got two channels. Just click on – subscribe to both of them and turn on notifications for all the new new and latest hot content. So I got Positive Sarcasm and Positive Sarcasm Podcast where I upload all the latest clips. You can find me on Instagram at uh, positive underscore sarcasm, facebook.com slash POS sarcasm, and facebook.com slash positive sarcasm. Stock, stocks for the week. Uh, Ericsson. E-R-I-C. Uh, F-C-E-L is the... So Fuel Cell Energy, F-C-E-L. Ericsson, E-R-I-C. And Billy Billy, B-I-L-I. Go ahead and look up those stock symbols and consider investing on the Robinhood app. So check out those three stock symbols. You never know what could happen. I'm not advising you to buy them, but I am asking you to look into them. So check me out on social media. Uh, if you have questions, comments, or concerns, you can email me directly at positivesarcasm at outlook.com or you can contact me through the Positive Sarcasm website. Just click on the contact button. Check out my posing music there, my movie reviews. If you want to be a guest in the podcast, you can contact me directly at positivesarcasm.com or if you just want to sit here and sample my latest coffees, you can also do that as well. There's a casting couch on the left-hand side of me. So go ahead and check out that shit. And uh, that's it for, the for today. So you, know, you can also check me out on... Uh, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, just go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, CastBox, Podcast Addict, Spotify, and anywhere where podcasts are streaming. Uh, I know that uh, Spotify kind of is trying to do their own thing, but for the now, RSS feeds are king, and I am all over the globe. So until then, uh, we are at pretty much close to an hour at this point. I'm going to go ahead and finish up shop and take care of a couple things. But uh, like I said, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or if you want questions about the articles that I've, uh, I've been looking up, you're more than welcome to uh, just hit me up, and uh, I'll be more than happy to answer your questions. But until then, I will talk to you guys in a few days. Sunday leftovers will be coming up, well, on Sunday. But until then, thank you for listening, watching, subscribing. I will talk to you all next week. Streaming live from the Spare Parts Studios, this has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation.
Sometimes you get some silver, but you get a little gold. But what did you bring me, my dear friends? Keep me from the gallows pole. What did you bring me? Keep me from the gallows pole. Silver, I couldn't get no gold. You know the way to damn power. The gallows pole. Hangman, hangman, 
to support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate.